Welcome to the Point of Difference AFL Fantasy Podcast, a different look at AFL Fantasy Classic brought to you by the Keeper League Pod. In this show, we're talking all things defenders. Also, some great news, listeners. Louie is officially back on deck for 2022. We'll discuss in a moment, but you know what that means. It's time for the Chicka Chicka Pod Pod. We are back for another week of the pod pod. And uh, first of all, let's just clear the air. Dossie's miscommunication in the off season. We all thought Louis was gone. He's he's back for the second episode and he's back for good. Louis, welcome back, mate. And apologies. Thanks, mate. Good to be back. Good to be earning a little bit more too. It's, uh, it's nice that you sugarcoated it that way, Dossie. But uh, I think everything's sorted now. Perfect, mate. Well, we're glad to have you back on board and uh, it's going to be the combination of Stato Senior and Stato Junior, but uh, the Senior Man's here as well. No firearm this week there, Stato? No. um, After uh, expending uh, about half of my fortune, uh, we've got that removed, thankfully. Uh, Did go for five days, which... (laughs) <laughs> Two different electricians, it's just ridiculous. But anyway, it's sorted, it's sorted. Beautiful, that's great news, great news for all our ears as we uh, listen back to that one. Now, Louis, we didn't get a chance to chat last week, but how's your fantasy prep going? Are you uh, deep in the weeds yet? Yeah, pretty deep, mate. Um, to be honest, today was probably the first time I've touched it in a couple of weeks. I just thought I'd make... Couple of little adjustments from um, just little bits and pieces that I've read, but uh, as you know, I'm always pretty on top of it. But trying to to not be uh, to not be making too many changes this early, but um, certainly trying to form my best twenty two. Love it, mate. You're always on top of things uh, for the pod pod listeners. That's why you're the fan favorite. That's why you're absolutely back this year. So, uh, all right, this is the this is the structure we're going for. We're going to be just talking defenders and we're basically going to be picking four players that we want to talk about each. Now, I've, I've let you guys know it can be players we like or maybe don't want to be picking in our team, but we're just going to go round table style. It's, so, it's not your top kind of six guys that that although it can be, but it's just anyone that we want to talk about and we want to maybe just uh, discuss with our co-hosts here and figure out if we do really like them or not. But I want to start off, we'll go with Statesman, Louis, and then myself, and uh, we'll keep going around. But Stato, who's your first player you want to talk about in Defenders? Well, my eyes, if you listen to last week, is always looking at that top six to ten players anyway. So that's (laughs) where I'm going to start. And I'm going for Aaron Hall, 31 years old, uh, just turned that in November. Uh, he's priced at 109. But just a bit of history with Aaron. He had seven years at the Gold Coast for 103 games and three years so far at North Melbourne. So this would be his fourth season for 41 games. No doubt a banner year in 2021. And let's put that time down to right time and right place. And to be fair, he wasn't even selected in round one. And round two, he was actually sitting on the pine as the sub and actually come on late in the game to give us 11 points. From round seven, he only dropped below 103 times. So three times for the year, he only dropped. So 
sorry, from round seven. He only dropped under a ton. That's massive. But there's a but. There's a big but here. So setting up your, your classic team, you always want to find the value. And firstly, his body is a risk. He is not going to be in the next premiership team. So you've got to find out whether is there time that they're going to start developing young players into that type of role? Is that the type of role they actually want a player to play? So when they actually going for premiership, is that the type of player they want? The answer is probably no. And you're going to pay top dollar for him. So the overall value of the game always remains the same. So if rookies' prices are going up, then someone's price is coming down. So that's how the game works. So unless he averages over 118 from the start, he'll be dropping down in value. So if he does keep the role, if he does uh, have a, a good body for the whole season, which... I don't think he's ever played a full season yet in his uh, 10 years of playing AFL footy. But if that does happen, you'll be able to pick him up at round six and much cheaper than what he is now. That's the reason I won't be selecting Aaron Hall. Um, I think from what I understand, Louis might be on the same page, but I just want to put in my two cents worth because I am an, a person that did not own Aaron Hall last year and I don't know how you when you guys jumped on but I I barely scraped it together I think I might have eventually got him at the end or maybe never but I just come into this season and it's something that I actually think I don't know if I've shared with you guys that I really want to live by as well I just don't want to not pick guys that I think can absolutely kill me and it's, it's something that stopped me from picking a Josh Dunkley last year I was like this guy could absolutely kill me either way. I think Aaron Hall is one of those guys. He can kill you if he, if he doesn't perform. But if he goes 130 for the first five weeks, he's got Hawthorne round one. He's every chance he goes 140. He could also murder you the other way. Dossie boy, don't let FOMO run your fantasy team. <laughs> let, your, let your fantasy brain. So the business of fantasy, what is it? It's making coins so you can get the best team on the park. So if you spend big on someone that's going to drop value, then you're not using your business brain. Don't buy Bitcoin at its top price. Statesman, though, if we're talking top dollar, 109 average for the season. I know there's a lot of changes happening at North, but there's not a stack happening in the back line. 121 in his last five, that's, you know, that's underpriced. That's 12 points underpriced data. So we're still getting someone that is actually undervalued. But what game style do they play, Dossie? Very possession heavy because they were not performing too well. I don't I don't see them making that huge jump this year, though. Do you guys see them improving that much that they're still not going to have to hold possession in the back half? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think so. What we saw in 2021 was that they played a bit of a keepings-off style, and you can't blame them. Otherwise, they would have gone out there every single week and gotten smashed because there's not a lot in between. They were rolling out corpses, and they were bringing in new kids at the same time. So, I think... As we go into 2022, uh, there's a lot of fresh faces. They've brought in a couple of new recruits as well. I I can just see North wanting to uh, instill a bit of hope in their fans and playing a bit more of an attacking brand. Um, While Hall does provide that, I mean, some of his kicks 
2021 going down through the guts were, were incredible. I also think that they're going to have to start looking towards the future pretty quickly. I mean, this is a guy, I think Stato said, uh, 31 at this point. So soon they're going to have to pass the torch on and they're going to have to find somebody that can also play that role and actually really propel them into being a premiership contender a couple of years down the track. So that's why I'm a little bit hesitant on the role. Um, I've also spoken before where uh, other blokes have had this role as well. I mean, we saw Jack Siebel in the same season played something similar, but we go a year before that and we saw Luke McDonald was putting up consistent 100s playing that pretty much exact same role as well. So I do have to worry about that a little bit, especially when he comes in at such an exorbitant price. I mean, you did nail it in that if he comes in going 130 over the first six weeks, uh, yes, that might hurt a little bit, but at the same time, if he comes in and goes 115, he's still not going to go up a whole heap and you'll be able to catch him on the way down too. So I'm not as worried about uh, him really, really hurting us early. Uh, I'm, I'm still I'm still scared. I just don't see that player that I understand what you're saying in that they need to find that player. I just don't see that player that's on their list yet that can do what Hall's providing for them. So, anyway, we'll move on from Aaron Hall. We'll agree to disagree on that one. Dossie's stubborn brain's probably still going to be picking the massively priced Hall in uh, in round one. All right, Louis, do you want to take us through your first player that you want to talk about here? Yeah, so mine's actually Jaden Short. Um, he's... Maybe perhaps a little bit of an obvious one. He was on the radars of a lot of coaches last year just based on that JLT game that I think everybody knows about where he, he pretty much put up a 170 and looked phenomenal. I think that was without Basha Hooley as well, who, of course, uh, isn't going to be playing this year, retired. So that's why I think there might be a little bit of scope for improvement on Jaden Short in 2022. Uh, he comes in priced at 93. He's only 25 years of age and... When you start looking beyond the big three in defence, which is obviously your Aaron Hall, your Lockie Whitfield and your Jake Lloyd, uh, you can throw a little bit of a blanket over the guys below that. So I'm talking a a Daniel Rich or a Tom Stewart. They're all consistent 90 plus guys. But at this point, I'm pretty confident in saying so is Jaden Short. So when I look at his age and when I look at the positives going his way in that Basha Hooley's departed, uh, the Tigers might be adjusting their game style a little bit um but look just predominantly based on age i think there's enough upside there uh, from a fantasy perspective that he might be the one to take that next jump above 90 perhaps above 95 and pushing 100 i mean he's a he's a high kick to um high kick to handball ratio player uh, his marks aren't up as high as what i'd like but i think they play their game style through him to some respects so He's someone I think naturally can take that jump. And do we think Richmond as well are going to be a team that's kind of coming back the other way and and maybe even having that sort of needing to play it a bit more in the defensive half this year as well? I mean, time's going to tell. But Stato, what do you think on the Jaden Short pick here? Yeah, all the information is right. um, And the expectation should be takes another step forward and should be in the top six. I just have a problem with having a Richmond premium in the squad. It Mm. just doesn't quite feel right. No, you're right. Richmond, uh, besides Basha Hooley, who I just spoke about, they haven't really lended themselves to that fantasy premium player. I mean, before Basha, you've got to go back to Dusty. And uh, what was that good season, 2017 or 2018, where he went at 110? And he was pretty much the main guy in there. So, um, look, 
that's just somebody that I think's going to be pretty solid in defence, albeit there's a massive lack of depth in defence. It drops off, yeah. drops off quite quickly. So, um, ultimately, what I also like with Short is that he's the main kick-in holder too. So, um, yeah, hopefully in 2022, we see that come into fruition. I, I yeah. don't know if there's a big upside, but I certainly know he's going to be around that top six mark. Perfect. Um, my first player, pretty much no surprise here, but I'm going with Jordan Dawson um, oh, as God. my first pick. And, and he was one player that I was incredibly excited over the trade period that managed to find his way to Adelaide, who I just think he's going to take his game to a whole nother level. So whenever he's played basically on the wing in Sydney over the last couple of seasons, he's edged towards that 100 mark. And, and I really think he'll have that sort of a role at Adelaide. Um, unfortunately, some of the news that actually came out today was that Paul Seedsman's still struggling with some concussion at the moment. So he's, I don't think, even training at the moment. So, I mean, that's probably, while it's terrible news for Seedsman, even more positive signs for Dawson in getting that role on the wing. Um I just think priced at 86 that he's priced at, 88, sorry, well, edging 89, <laughs> he's still got at least 10 points upside it's there. And I think, yeah. May as well right, round it up to 90. Yeah, we, we've, yeah. we've, we've seen how Adelaide have, in, have really wanted to use and keep giving the ball to guys like your Brody Smiths over the years and the Seedsmans who can really have that penetrating kick. There's no one better at it in the comp than Jordan Dawson, you could argue, as, as penetrating kicks. I think they're just going to be using him all day long. And we've seen those two guys average near the 100, not Brody Smith last year, but he was the year before. And I, I just think he's got a scope for amazing upside. And I can see him really going towards that 100 mark. And I don't think anything you guys say right now will convince me otherwise. Stato? I just, I can't wait to the the group messages talking about how Nixie is ruining your, your boy and time on ground stats are shocking and <laughs> why don't they give him the role he's meant to have? Uh, that's what I'm expecting. But look, I think there's some upside too. I, I think we all, we, we get suckered in by his high quality disposal so he looks like a really good player. And we also potentially might be getting sucked into the 157 I think he had on the wing at Sydney Swans. Um, but at the moment, I'm sucked in too. You're in. I'm in at the moment. Louis, I want to see it. Quick comment from you, Louis. Yeah, I'm a little bit hesitant. Um, look, he obviously had a really good finish to the year and he banged out that 158, which I think really put him on the radar of coaches. But... Uh, at the price that he comes in at, I'm actually just a little bit hesitant of his floor. So he had six, uh, sorry, four scores uh, in the 60s and six scores uh, 75 or below. That's just not high enough for me to be confident in starting him in 2022. But I think uh, certainly depending on role, he's somebody who at the Adelaide Crows could fill one of those halfback roles or wing roles and sort of push that. 90, 95 plus mark, as we saw um, Seedsman was able to do as well. Mm. I guess it, one thing I will flag is that Sydney were the second most disposals um, per game last year. Crows way down at 17th. So, I mean, that's mm. probably a concern. It, it obviously relies on Adelaide taking a pretty big step up and being able to hold the ball a little bit more than they did last year. Uh, Stato, do you want to take us through your second player here? Yeah, Captain Obvious Jake Lloyd at 28. He's priced at 98. Uh, prior to last season, he averaged over 100 in three seasons on the trot, which included a 107 
and over the 110, which is the, the uh, coronavirus-adjusted one, I think it was 114 for that season. Uh, he reduced his kick-ins last season with Dawson taking more. Uh, Dawson's move to the wing at the second half of the season meant his kick-ins increased and therefore increased his output. The last five games, he averaged uh, just a tick under 105. So expecting the 105 to 110 uh, average. Um, so it's certainly worth the price tag of 98. Uh, top six guaranteed, very dependable player. I don't think you can say much more on Lloyd. He's he's one of the safer picks going around. Uh, Louis, what's your next player? Uh, my next player who is probably the opposite of one of the safer picks around is and mostly because Stato's taken all the good players in defence, is uh, Zach Williams, <laughs> who comes in at 600k, which is actually the lowest that he's been priced since 2015, which was, of course, his third um, AFL season. He's had a bit of development from there. He's averaged sort of mid-80s in a halfback flank role for the Giants until he moved into the midfield, went up at 95 I uh, don't have his numbers for the last half of that season, but he was phenomenal. And uh, even in one of his finals there, I think he posted a 116 and that's when everyone's ears sort of went up and that's when Carlton decided that we're going to recruit you and put you in the midfield. But uh, unfortunately, that didn't happen the way that we planned. He played there for the first six weeks, um, was a little bit underwhelming, uh, had a bit of an injury, didn't come in fit. And uh, basically, he blew up a couple of people's seasons uh, throughout the whole season, really. I think some people brought him in sort of late as well, thinking that he might have that uptick, uh, which he did in bursts. He managed to turn up uh, once just towards the end of the season. But I think in 2022, it's a brand new season. Um, He's going to have a little bit more fitness. He's going to have much more synergy in that blue side as well. He's not going to have as much of an expectation to come in as, and perform either. I think he's someone who priced at 71 has a little bit of natural progression. I mean, like I said, he hasn't actually gone below that average since 2015. So he's someone I'm relatively confident in that can push that 71 average up by about 10 points, which is why I think uh, he's a bit of a value pick in 2022. What do you think his ceiling is though? Because- as a defender, I just don't see his ceiling being potentially high enough to, as we've been talking about, be that keeper-keeper player. But what's the kind of point upside that you'd be, you know, hoping for if you are going to start with him? Oh, look, from 71, I think um, at his best, he could probably push maybe like a 92. So, it's nothing out of this world. But that being said, and I said it before, you can throw a blanket over some of these defenders because the depth drops off quite quickly. So, somebody with 20 points upside potentially is somebody that I'm always going to be quite interested in. Yeah, I think for, for me, I, I reckon he's up. I think his higher end upside, that would be like the really high end upside for him for me. I, I think he's more of the 80 to 85, but I'm, I'm probably wrong, Louis. You're usually much more switched on with these preseason picks. State, are you on board the, Z- the Z-Wheel train? Well, I recruited him in the Dynasty League last year um, because everyone else was down on him and I think he's still got quite a few good years ahead of him. I wouldn't go at him at Classic only because he's not going to – you're going to have to trade him out again. So, um, I'd rather be trading out the ones that are going to make me a lot more money. Yeah, that's fair enough. I I just – the upside for me was when he was going to play midfield and, like, you know, had pretty big numbers in the past and I just don't see that happening again 
Um, I, I think you can have three or four at most stepping stones in your squad. And yep. I just don't think he, he's priced a little bit too much to be looking at a serious stepping stone. If, if I actually thought he could knock the door on the top six, then I'll be a lot more interested. All right, my next player that I'm going to talk about is just someone who I need to – I need you guys' opinion on this because I'm just so up in the air and I think I've – I started with him in my team straight away, The first one of the first people I picked. Then I've done a complete backflip and now I'm just so uncertain. And I'm talking about James Sicily. Um, he was one of the bigger names in the early days. I assume he's still one of the highest picked players because we haven't seen him in quite some time. The ACL injury, $510,000. So pretty cheap on that scale. Nearly half the price of Aaron Hall, 48% owned. I initially was going to start him and sounds like he's definitely, you know, he's doing a full preseason. He's going to be straight back into the defensive line, which is probably one of the questions I had in the in the sense that if he's playing forward, I don't want a piece of him at all. Looks like he's going to be playing defense. Um, just a lot of questions though still for me. There's much more stacked back line since the last time he was there. You know, now they've got Scrimshaw, Day, Hardwick, Bramble, Chankuth, Jath kind of coming out there and quality ball users that they probably didn't have when he was last there and, and really struggling. Um, the other thing that's really kind of uh, harsh for me, but just the comments surrounding kick-ins um, that he made during the season last year that he didn't think they should be counted um, as kicks. That just de- demonstrates a lack of thirst to me, guys. Um, that's really um, just thrown me against him in that sense. But he, it's just that temptation that he could also get thrown forward as well by the new coach. But am I overthinking this? I want, I want your opinion on this. Uh, Louis, looks like you're ready to spit some fire. Oh, you've caught me off guard, to be honest, uh, Dossie. But what I will say is that he's coming in priced at 60, which is uh, pretty much something he hasn't done since his debut year. So it's undeniable that there is upside there. And that's including, I think, his first couple of years were spent forward. Um, I didn't know that his role has been confirmed in defence, Dossie. That's true, is it? Well, I saw um, it was just an article that was put out by the Hawthorne team and it was like, oh, this defensive coach will be working with the defenders such as, and then they named, and it was basically like Sicily was in not mentioned in the forward section, mentioned completely in the defensive. That's the, all I'm going off, but I'm just right. <laughs> assuming well, it's happening. Look, compared to my previous guy, he's probably someone I'd feel a whole lot safer. I think you pay about 90K less as well, which is equivalent to about 11 points. Uh, he's someone that, yeah, I would be keen to start in 2022 based on his upside. But as you said, the role is a little bit of a question mark. He can be thrown pretty much anywhere. He's a bit of your classic day utility, I think. And you always got to worry about players coming back from long-term injuries as well. So uh, I'd, I'd be really keen to hear what Stato's got to say. But in terms of James Sicily, I think he's a pretty good option. He's just climbing in that ownership as well. I'm a no. Okay, let's hear it. I'm a no. Simple as that. I just don't pick people that are coming back after a knee injury. I think yeah. I've been burnt once, so I just put red line, you're coming back. Look, if it, if it was $190,000, then certainly I would consider it. Okay. I'm not paying that type of money for someone coming back from a knee that we're unsure on his role in a, a team that's at the bottom of the ladder. 
and that's why at his ownership you might choose to take him on. I think he's he's upwards of forty percent now. So all of a sudden you can take on almost half the competition on a guy who does have a lot of question marks. So I, I agree with Stato as well. I'm sitting on the fence here, but it could either go one of two ways. Yeah, and being down the bottom of the ladder might uh, bring out the fury in him as well. If he's, he's got a bit of a temper, old uh, Sicily might have to spend a couple of weeks on the sidelines uh, as well with a suspension. Um, all right, Stato, take us through your third player. We've each got a couple more to get through here, so let's move on. Yeah, Lockie Whitfield, 27 years of age, priced at 94. Uh, I will admit that his body has been a risk, but I also will say it's not that usual type of injuries so I'm still thinking it's a bit more of bad luck than weakness to any part of his body so a lot of collision injuries and and weird things it's weird a man that doesn't go to a lot of contests seems to get a lot of injury from contests Uh, has the potential to be 110 plus uh, and they do love the ball in his hand and he has a tank to die for Uh, Secure top six candidate for me, looking at uh, about the 105 average, so price at 94, book him in. I I love Whitfield. I just love watching him play and, yeah, I I won't be taking him out of my team anytime soon. No arguments there, Ludog? Nah, he's one of the best fantasy players there is. When he comes in priced at 94, he's, you know, upwards of 10 points underpriced after, you know, his 2021 season was interrupted, came in uh, with a bit of a, was it rib injury or something internal? Like a liver, uh, I think, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, he never got a chance to get up to full fitness. Um, I'm fully expecting him to bounce back. Who have you got for us next then, Louis? Uh, well, hopefully someone that we can see bounce back, which is Wayne Malera. He comes in price seriously cheap, 378k, which is equivalent to 45 points. Uh, it's been two years since we've seen Wayne Malera play. He briefly came in for two games before getting injured, but prior to that, averaged 75 and 76 in 2018 and 2019. And, and in that period, he missed just six games, which is... You know, pretty respectable when we're talking about a bloke like Wayne Malera, who's uh, been pretty injury prone since. Um, but like I said, priced at 45, he's actually under 20 points based on pretty much anything he's done. And it's the cheapest price he's ever been since his first year in the competition. So he's someone that all I can see is upside if he remains fit. Because his scoring has never actually been a problem. If we go back to 2019, which was his last uh, quotation full season, uh, 10 out of his 17 games were above 82. So we're looking at potentially 40 points upside there. Yeah, I think it's pure. Yeah, purely health if he's selected round one. He's in my team. Stato, have you got any objections? Just a watch over the preseason. Want to see his role. Want to see his fit. There has been a bit of talk that they're slowly nursing him back. So I'm mindful that I actually want to see him selected first and foremost. But sort of the right price for a stepping stone. I'm going to talk about another premium here. Um, I was going to talk about someone else, but I, th- I think I'll talk about Jack Crisp, who was in my team all last season. Didn't disappoint me. Averaged over a ton. And uh, for some reason, I kind of just haven't really looked at him yet as a as a real option, but I probably should be because every year this guy just plays every game, puts up consistent scores. You know, he's played twenty two games, four out of the last five seasons. The only one was the was the twenty twenty COVID season. This guy is just so consistent, and the fact that they're losing some quality 
out of the back half as well, and and potentially the midfield with Dugowie, um unknowns about Dugowie. They're losing Chrissy Main, the goat, down back. The amount of pill that he was getting last year. He's he's now one of their veteran leaders on their team. I mean, he was last year, but he's even more so now. They just need those experienced heads. Is there a? I see a scenario. It doesn't matter where he plays. You know, midfield back. There is two spots that he's going to play, and he's going to go a hundred plus. I just. Do you guys see much upside in him with with sort of those less, you know, without the Chrissy Mains? I know you've got guys coming back, though, in the back line, like a Jeremy Howe, Darcy Moore coming back. Can you see a Crisp going higher and is he worth a pick as a premium defender? No, I, I don't see the upside like you do, Doss. Um, you no, 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 I'm not go- saying I do. I'm questioning. I, I'm probably think it's just one of these guys that he's going to play 22 and you're pretty much paying what you're getting. But yeah, I don't know if I see that upside as well, but go on. So well, he's come in at a highest average of his career of 101. So I'm not sure you can pencil him in for an easy 100 plus score every single week. And then on top of that, you throw in just some question marks about that role. And I know we used to speak last year on the uh, pod pod dossier that it doesn't really matter what role he's in. He's a very good scorer in defense and in the midfield. But when you're paying, you know, 854K for a bloke priced at 101, which is his highest career average in his whole career, um, I start to worry a little bit. I mean, in a value-based game like fantasy, starting guys like that, you really want to see that upside and have it sort of jump out at you. Whereas with Crisp, it's a lot easier for me to look at the downside of that. Oh, yeah. And, th- and then throw in a new coach as well on top of that. So, uh, there's just too many question marks for me. Yeah, that's fair enough too. And, and I was just looking at his set, centre bounce attendances now on Keeper League's website and 89%, 68%, 85 94 And this is rounds 8 to 12. Like he was 8 to 13. He was really attending a heap of centre bounces between rounds 8 and 13. So, if we see that role, this, these are his scores in that time, 126, 97, 117, 110, 113, and then just one blip at, 70, at 72. Like there's scope, but I think maybe that real true upside again, we always talk about it, is just playing in the midfield. So, we'll just have to wait and see on crisp. If there's that midfield role, I'm, I might be tempted after just reading those numbers. Uh, Stato, um, who's your next player? We've got one left Yeah. Each. One left. Georgie Hewitt, a 26, priced at 64. This one's a watch for BL, to be honest. Um, if there is the role that I expect for him to have at uh, the Blues, then I'm in because I think he is an outside chance for top six and a possible chance for top ten. He's a two-way running midfielder with a ceiling of 90 to 95. So we're talking the Heppel, the Short, the Whitfield Territory last season. So that was the back end of that sort of top six crew. He needs to show he has that role, but should be the only reason they wanted him in the club. So only greater opportunities would make you leave the Swans for the Blues. He's shown as a two-way running midfielder. Uh, Yes, he's played as a tagger and yes, he's played as a small shutdown defender. Um, Carlton Football Club do not need any more defenders. They do not need his type of defence. They need support for that midfield group. And I'm thinking those top four midfielders are Cripps, Walsh, Chera and Hewitt. And I think two of them 
uh, are really going to have banner years at the Blues? Oh, just not on board, Hewitt. I can't be. I'm, I'm afraid. That's just, fine. Yeah. You get I'll, on Sicily, I'll get on Hewitt. Yeah, I'll, I'll believe it. When, oh, no, I, I, said, I said I wasn't sure on Sicily. No, Thank you very much. Let's do it. You and I, me, I'm bud. not sure. Anymore. I'm not sure. Come on, buddy. Um, Come on. Is he is he even better than is he better than Matt Kennedy? Like, is he? Yes. Yes he is. Is he? Yeah. Yes he is. Louie? Is he? Oh look, I've probably got them quite similar, but what George Hewitt does have is uh, a tackling game. He's someone yeah. who I'm not surprised to see ten tackles on the stat sheet at the end of the game. So uh, based on that floor, I think at his price and as a defender, he's someone who's a massive preseason watch and somebody that I'm keeping an eye on for 2022 for sure. Yeah, to be honest, is he, he? he <laughs> yeah, to be honest though, he? um, Hewitt is the kind of player, pretty much exactly who I went against last year when you guys picked James Harms. I just don't like that defensive mid, but when they've got defensive status, I should probably just shut up and listen because he's cheap. He's and better he than the J- role. Yeah, and he's better than James Harms. Yeah, oh, James oh yeah, sucks. I can't disagree with that. <laughs> uh, Louis, take us through your last player here. Uh, mine's Daniel Rich, who I'm not as keen on. Uh, he comes in priced at ninety eight this year, which is actually 10 points above what he's ever averaged in his career. And this is for a bloke who's 31 turning 32 now. Um, And just going through his numbers, I've I've spoken about this before on the coaches panel, is that um, he only went under nine, sorry, he went under 99 13 times in 2021, yet he's priced at 98. So does show that he has a propensity to score well when he goes above that. But it does show that you're probably paying a little bit of a premium for what he might come out and do over the first, you know, six, seven, eight rounds, which means that you're just going to start losing money, I think. Yeah, it's a, it's a fair call. I don't think we'd be starting him. And it's probably a similar... You can't, you, you kind of know what you get with him, don't you? But this has been... I, would this have been his last couple of years have just been absolute career years as well. So, that's another reason. Sort of like your crisp argument, you don't really want to be paying full price for a dude with, without much scope for upside. Okay, my final pick and the last of our 12, I'm going to be talking about Braden Campbell. Is this is any red flags immediately going up from you guys or are you taking me seriously here? Because let's look at the ball use that they've lost. I've talked about one guy that's coming to Adelaide. That's who we're looking at, Braden Campbell, to replace that kind of player down back for Sydney. So Dawson, while he did play wing, still played a lot of his year in defence and he took the second most amount of kick-ins for Sydney. So, he, he took 28% of their of the team's kick-ins, which was behind only Jake Lloyd. Braden Campbell, I think, is the logical dude to be the next guy to, to share that load with Lloyd. And uh, I'm just, I think, priced, you know, he's he's at 400. Now, I don't know if you can do the math for me, Louis, with your uh, little mathematics, but he's $414,000 starting the season, just a little bit above Wayne Millera. Millera, he's a second-year player coming off a pretty, uh, there you go, priced at 49. I just see a massive scope for upside for Braden Campbell, especially with that role. 
there, there's guys leaving that team. We've seen Hewitt's leaving the team as well. I don't think they kind of contend for the same role. But Jordan Dawson, that's a big one for me. I think they're going to use Braden Campbell's ball use out of the back line a lot. I toyed between him and Nick Blakey, but I, I definitely think that Campbell's going to be the one that's used second-year breakout. I'm just tracking it. It's not a guy that I'm super, super keen on, especially given the lessons learned from the state over the years. 400K is very awkward, but any any temptation there from you, Statesman? I actually just want to see him develop as a footballer. I'm not interested in him in fantasy at this stage. For a keeper dynasty, um, I've got a bit of interest, but I want to see how it develops. Yeah, fair. All right, so that's all our players getting to. We'll just talk quickly about three lists from the listeners. Braden Maynard, Louis. Look, he's got the role in the midfield, which remains to be seen because Collingwood bat uh, quite deep in that role. Uh, he's someone I will be quite keen on. I think he comes in priced at about 81, which is below what his best has been as a sort of half accountable defender. So, uh, all I can say is a massive preseason watch. I know that they've been flagging him to go into the midfield since 2017. So, it's been a long time. Um, he's someone who is going He's going to be defensive midfield, I assume. He'll tackle. Uh, we've seen that he likes to spread for marks in defence. Uh, talented player. So, look, all I can really say is uh, watch the role in the preseason. And if it's there, uh, there's certainly some value. I think there's at least 10 points you can squeeze out of him. Jordan Ridley, Stato? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I, I want to see the setup in that defence because we all took it. There's one recruit that's going to play that sort of lockdown tall defender and all of a sudden Rids will be free. I do want to see it, but also I'm just sort of thinking he's outside that range. So I think he's just around that 10 to 12 mark. So he's going to let you down in periods, and he did that last year. So... He's probably a no for me, but I'll continue to watch. And another one for you, Statesman, just because this came through on the Twitter sphere and uh, we need your opinion on this one. Darcy Tucker, do you honour the tuck in 2022? <laughs> He's a massive watch because I can tell you there's there's a lot of talk about Will Brody, but if, we, uh, if we're if we honouring the tuck through a midfield role, um, yeah, I've got a bit of interest because he'll be quite cheap, wouldn't he? What are we yeah. talking? I think priced he's at 500. 68. I think yeah. he's priced at 68. That's that's my memory. So there's a bit of interest in the tuck, but I want to <laughs> see the role. You take Hewitt, I'll take tuck. I'll honour the tuck. Deal? I might, I might take both if they've both <laughs> got the right roles. Yeah, I mean, I think... He's a sneaky huge. top six chance. Oh, the defender eligibility for a dude that could play midfield. I think this... Yeah. He, it's him and... um. It's basically him, Monday when he's fit, and Will Brody that are kind of that. They need that big body in there. So I think yeah. it's one of those three. It's it's not going to be all what, three. What though. actually happened to Darcy Tucker last year for him to come in, come in priced at that price? That's a great question. Must have been injury, surely. Well, he still played sixteen games, so he was mm. thereabouts. Roll. Yeah, don't know. Yeah. Roll. Uh, it was definitely not – he was not in that midfield-friendly role. I think if we check the centre bounces, he would be not in there at all because – but yeah, We'll do yeah. a bit of research and report on it next yeah. week. All righty. And that's my tea to hurry up. I've got a meeting to go to. All right. All right, we've 
we've had to let Stato head off. He was uh, in, a, in a rush there, but we're going to continue and finish off this show. And as, as you know, now every week in this uh, preseason, I'm going to be listing Dossie's pods to finish the show. And that is the point of difference podcasts, point of differences. So that's uh, the pod, 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 Louis, as, as we did last year. So I've mm, got to- I might exit stage left here too, actually, mate. <laughs> yeah, everyone's leaving for my pods. Um, so, I've got two from basically each team and, and I've tried to sort of get a mixture here, but I'm going, we're up to Collingwood and Carlton this week. So, I've done Adelaide and Brisbane last week. Um, this week, Carlton, I'm starting out with, and it's a man that I know the statesman would be sad that he's leaving because he loves this guy this season and it's pretty much him that's convinced me on him. Adam Chera. Priced at 87, and that includes an injury-affected 17 from 10% time on ground. Only averaged the 46% centre bounce attendances in 21 uh, in 2021, and that's um, that's going to jump up at Carlton for sure. I think Statesman's correct in that he's going to be in their first choice midfield. Finished the season with 104 game, uh, 104.5 game average, and that was with 80% centre bounce attendances over the final three as well for a 106 average. I really love him as a pod. He's actually in my team at the moment. Do you have any thoughts on Chera, Louis? Are you on board or is that a pod you're avoiding? No, I'm a big fan for anybody who wants to touch it. Uh, what what does he come in price at? 730K. So, he's in that interesting price range where there's, uh, there's a couple of different guys who admittedly aren't as unique that can do something capable in terms of their scoring output. But um, as a pod, Doss, I'm, I'm on board. I, I quite like it. Yeah, he's, he's, he's been in my team quite a long time. And you know how much I change my team around, but he's been in there for quite a long time. Nick Newman's well, the other one. We've seen the season. Uh, we've seen the um, seasonal ceiling as well. Yeah, so we have. High lots ceiling. of like. Uh, Nick Newman's the other guy. 410 scores last year. Just think about the fact that he was coming off playing only the two games in 2020, though, with that long uh, layoff with a knee injury. So, second year back from that big long layoff, strung together a lot of games, um, finished the season with 94 in his last five and 100 in his last three, priced to 86. And the other thing, he's got a really juicy early schedule. So, I'm probably not one to throw too many pods in my team necessarily, but Nick Newman, um, one that you could maybe potentially get around, Louis. Um, now, for me, he's priced a little bit too close to what he's been able to put up across his career. So, I'm only seeing maybe a couple of points upside, which is just not going to be enough for someone who carries such a low ownership percentage. Yeah, it's probably not a great man to ask who's just said that Zach Williams is going to take the jump as well. So, so if he's taking his role, that, that's what yeah, he's doing. That's it. <laughs> All right. So, on Collingwood, I've got Patrick Lipinski, who is a point of difference. He's a massive point of difference and I'm just loving him. He's my pick of the year hasn't left my team he's gonna have a chance now to show how big he's how, how good he can be man like 85.5 average back in 2019 for the bulldogs with their stacked midfield group back then he could he could score well without having that primary midfield role and he's never had that primary inside midfield role um last year ignore the average he was the sub once for a 36 score as well never had the nice role Guess his centre bounce attendance rate for this season. Not 10%, not 15 20%, no. He only ever got to attend centre bounces in two games for a season average of 3% attendance. So, averaged 115 in the VFL, including a huge ceiling. 143 against the Cats in there. I just love Patrick Lipinski for a massive year this year. Are you, are you about it? He's only in the 600K area. He's $606,000. 
Oh, look, it'll be interesting to see uh, where he sort of slots in in that Pies midfield. I did say earlier on there. in the podcast that they do have a little bit of depth there and some young kids are coming through too, but uh, they brought him to the club for a reason and you're certainly going off some pretty good data there too, averaging 85 a couple of years ago in the Dogs midfield brigade. Um, obviously, Collingwood like to share the footy around too. At least they did under Buckley. So, he's someone at his price point. I could see someone taking the punt on. And I think potentially there is, you know, 20 points upside there if it comes off. Beauty, but mate. I don't think he's going to be the big, big scorer that we see in the VFL either. Uh, yeah. Oh, I can say, I can say it if he gets the role. You're right. It's very role dependent, but I'm a huge fan. The other guy I'm Just talking about- Just on the about, socials, sorry, Doss. They've been uh, pretty happy to put out pictures of Paddy Lipinski lots. too. So- we, need to, we need to focus on those. It is a thing that you and I are both like looking at. You know, who's gonna who's the marquee players they're putting out there? They want everyone to see. Lipinski, definitely one of the big ones. Um, Finn McRae is my other guy. And- Obviously, the big McRae name is is always handy to have, but slightly more expensive than a rookie at three hundred and fifty one k. But I think this, there's a there's a second year breakout potential here, and again, it just comes down to who they choose in that midfield mix with the new coach. Um, you're completely correct. There's a lot of guys vying for that spot. So ninety four fantasy average in the in the reserves. He's much fitter and stronger. I don't know if you saw the picture today. Came out oh, yeah. monster pipes on him as well. Um, we we saw his brother as well or half brother do the the big second year breakout and it was kind of similar setup to what we had with with Finn McRae. So he averaged over a three match stretch he had he had fifty percent center bounces from night round nineteen to twenty one. In that stretch, he was averaging zero point eight six points per minute. So I know it's only a three game sample and I'm sort of cherry picking my stats, but that was if we remember Clayton Oliver's rookie year, he went at zero point eight four points per minute before jumping up in his second year and, and having the better role. So, he's that stretch where he actually had a half-decent role, it's 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 very- uh, It's picking and choosing, Louis, but, you know, Finn McRae, if he does get the role, which it's going to be hard to get. It's it's going to be hard to get. If he does get it, though, watch out. There's a second-year breakout coming. Yeah, look, it's very hard to pick the second-year breakout. All I can think of off the top of my head is Clayton Oliver and his brother, uh, Jackson McRae. Chad so- Wingard's was monstrous as well. Chad Winger, I think Nat 5 too, uh, a couple of years ago, was very, very good too. Um, look, at 351k, I think you can do a lot worse, Doss. What that sort of price presents itself as is if it does go wrong, you can just go down to the next best guy and you're pretty much going to have your pick of the bunch. Whereas if it does go right, let's say you've got that extra change to, to whack it on top of someone anyway, well, then you, you're going to be laughing if potentially, you know, they do put up that second year breakout DOS yeah. of 105 that you think could be coming. But um, look, that being said, uh, I think he's cheap enough to be able to take the punt on him. And if it doesn't work out, then um, he's at that price point where you can quite comfortably go down, pocket yourself, maybe 60 to 70K, whack that on top of a rookie that... Uh, maybe you didn't nail or maybe a mid-pricer or a premium that you you didn't quite get right or gets injured on um, quite early on, on in the season. So, um, no, I don't mind that at all, Dossie. Yeah, it's just a roll watch, isn't it, that one? it's I think there's too many contending, but just wanted to flag it as a pod, and that is a pod, pod, pod. Hey, Louie, it's bloody good to have you back, mate, and uh, thanks for joining us again on uh, our beloved pod, pod. 
No worries, mate. Uh, just uh, warm up a little bit more, a little bit rusty, but I'm keen to be back uh, joining you and the Statesman for 2022. Beauty, mate. And a reminder to finish off, you can get all our in-season content if you become a silver or gold member of the Keeper League. So, look up the keeperleaguepod.com.au, sign up to be a silver or gold member and you can gain weekly access to our in-season pod pod podcasts. Members also gain access to advanced centre bounce attendance analysis numbers, state league fantasy scores to keep on top of all those, draft the analysis guide for uh, before the season starts so you can get your rookie research done and much, much more over there on keeperleaguepod.com.au. Sign up as a silver or gold member, gain access to our in-season pods. We'll see you next week.